So, wait, before we start, James. Good morning, Christopher. Good morning. How Good was morning. your week? <laughs> I, uh, I drive here every Wednesday, sometimes other days, and I pass like easily five coffee shops coming up 7th Street. Okay. Now, have you been to those coffee shops? Uh, well, only Bikini Beanie with you, or right, Bikini so, Bean, sorry. <laughs> I, I want to share our, our bikini story. Okay. For our listeners, James and I decided to have coffee pretty regular on Wednesdays, and this tradition kind of has been going on for quite some time now, but when we first started, what we thought we would do, or at least I thought what I would do, <laughs> is organize for us to be at a different coffee shop every week. But we couldn't find the first place. So you picked a place not too far from here, and it was called? Bikini Bean. That's right. Is that what it was called? Something like that. Bikini, anyway, so they, I didn't know what it meant. I was When I saw that name, I'm thinking SpongeBob. I'm oh, thinking yeah. Starfish. I'm thinking, you know, maybe a mermaid. I don't know. But that's not what it is. <laughs> it's basically very attractive young ladies wearing bikinis now i didn't realize that and so when i went up there to get coffee i just you know i just walk up and, and there she is the, the the girl who takes my order and i noticed that she's wearing nothing pretty much i well, mean she's got a top on but a bikini it's pretty small it wasn't i don't know if it was a proportion thing that it looked small or it was actually small the clothing she was wearing it was a pretty normal bikini i would say can you remember my facial expression? No. I just remember I, my cheeks getting red hot <laughs> because, you know, I, I'm trying to be, you know, I consider myself most of the time yes. a gentleman. And so I'm trying to make eye contact. And so I don't really know. I, I mean, I'm just going to talk to her, but you're, you're, I'm still a guy. So it's I not- want to understand why she's wearing a bikini while serving coffee or taking orders for coffee. So... I, you know, I did. Do you know this thing called just, a, this, what? I called it. I called a sweep. Do you know what this is? No. What are you talking about? Okay, so when you meet somebody and you want to look at all of them, I mean, they they don't have to be something sexy. It could be something ugly, right? But you do this sweep, like so. You look them at the eyes, and then what you do is you kind of just look to the side and at the ground and then you look at their toes and then you just your eyes go up to back to their eyes from you know from bottom to top and then you get a full picture of what they look like and a clear idea of what they're going to visually present for you and in this case it was no clothing at all you know <laughs> sometimes christopher you leave me speechless that's what I felt like when I saw that girl. And you're, living, you're leaving me a little bit speechless now. So every time you encounter a new human, you have a specific process you go through to size them up. Yes. Yes. Okay. No, that's, <laughs> that seems normal. It's not? Uh, well, I don't do the sweep. So when you meet a person, you just look at their face the whole time. You don't see what they're wearing. You don't acknowledge maybe they wearing jewelry or maybe they did their Well, hair. I can see that with my peripheral vision. And usually I'm walking up to them, so I can, you know, you, you, as you walk up to them, you get a, a little bit broader 
vision of them. I don't have a process by which I can examine them more completely. I'm, well, you know, this might be an important point though, but I'm not in sales and that could be a much, no, generally, this could be a genuinely, this could be a much more important point. If you're in sales, that seems like actually a pretty reasonable thing to do because, you know, the old sales tip is yeah, look yeah, at their yeah. shoes. If they have nice shoes, you know, sell to them. Right. If they have crummy shoes, just forget about them, move on. And you know what? That might be, I've, I've never thought it's, of that, but you're right. Yeah. When I'm in sales and someone's approaching me, I, I make a quick sweep. If, you know, it's a quick sweep, but the farther away you can see more and more quickly. Obviously, you're not bobbing your head up and down. <laughs> Looks <laughs> but, a little weird. Which is weird, which is why you do the cat, like a, a casual sweep. But, a casual sweep. But you're right. When someone approaches me, I look at them, and you're right. The first thing I look at is shoes. I learned that years ago. When no, I, like I said, that's the, the base. Yeah. That's the easy. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows it, but I don't know if they do it. I I did it once. And what happened? I was dead on. About Actually, I, well, the type I of personality. The, yeah, we, it was, it was, a, it was a, a yard sale we had years ago, and when Bob was quite young, I, was, he was, I think he was maybe 10, probably younger. And it was at the very end of the tag sale. And this woman drives up in, I believe it was a Mercedes. And she gets out. And I'm getting a bad vibe right off the bat. And she's in a Mercedes. And she walks up and I notice, I look at her shoes. I'm like, okay, those are nice shoes. This is, you know, this is a wealthy woman. And she's looking through the stuff. And I knew exactly where she was going. My wife actually had, now my wife is not into expensive girly things. But she had some nice bags over the years. And she had this very expensive bag out on the table. And that's exactly where this woman went to. I says, well, this is okay, but it's a little dirty. <laughs> we take $10 for it. And it was marked at $10? Like, and, and, and she was talking to Bob. Bob's she, so she, your she's, son. She's pulling this nonsense on a goddamn... Excuse so how old is, wait, how old is darn, he at the time? He's, a, he's at most 10. He's oh, eight or okay. nine. He's probably eight or nine, really. Because this was, yeah, it was pretty long ago. And I'm like... Really? You're going to nickel and dime a 10-year-old? And she did. And I, I let it, it. He looked at me. He's like, that's a really lot lower than what it's marked at. It's like, don't worry, but just let it go. Let's get this, get this woman out of my house as quickly as possible. But James, I did catch you right now. You said you don't do that, but yet now you give me a story where you did. I just said I did it once. That's the one time oh, I remember okay. doing it. All right, all right. So I will tell you, it's not always true, but as a generalization, you can start making some indications. There's always that wealthy guy that dresses down or the opposite. You have the young guy who's, you know, spent way too much money on his clothing. I think that's pretty common. So in college, we, all my friends eventually got out of school and we all were doing pretty good in the beginning. And so, and our apartments were reasonably priced. California went crazy right after we got out of college. So we could still get apartments for reasonably priced and we had a little extra cash. And I remember one of my friends coming over and my girlfriend at the time, who is now my wife, but she says to me, she goes, look at that handbag. And I'm like, the, the fuzzy one? <laughs> $10,000. And I thought, that's like a down payment on a house or, or a condo or, a car. or something. That, I don't know. A car. Okay. Fair enough. A car. More than a car. Back oh, yeah, then, that's yeah, like yeah. A, a quarter of the car. Uh, or half, depending upon... Well, yeah, yeah, you yeah, you right, were right. buying different cars than I was. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying is that I remember thinking, and see, this is terrible to me. Whenever I see somebody spend wasteful money, I think, I wonder how many kids that could have fed. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a natural reaction, but um, I, I always look at it like these 
you know, spend your money how you want. And that is actually supporting a whole industry. That's true. It may not be a particularly useful industry, but, oh. you know, it's still feeding into the economy and it's their money. Let like them, all the children in China who need to it's, it's work not on my those money. purses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you do wonder where they were made. I was it's like, like Nike. you go to Disneyland and you see all those uh, gifts in the gift shop, they're toys for children made by children. children. <laughs> yeah, Nike, Nike really got dinged by, for that. I don't know. It must have been 15 years ago, 10, 15 years ago. Remember when they, it was... They, um, it was discovered that their factories are really subpar and <laughs> paying pennies for, me. for you know, shoes that they were selling for $150 or some, some stupid thing like that. Yeah. Anyway. Going back to the bikini place. So <laughs> I, 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 I don't know where to look. And, you know, so I end up like talking to this, like away from the screen where she is. And she kept saying over and over again, she kept saying, uh, could you repeat that, please, sir? Could you re- like? She's <laughs> so sweet, like, and I'm like, I'm just trying not to look at you, you know. <laughs> and I ended up looking at you, and you're behind me, which made it even more <laughs> difficult for her to understand what I was saying. And so, and, and I, it was very awkward for I me. I was much less attractive than she was. So why are you looking at me? Yeah, yeah. Well, now, I I may I may have uh, you didn't you didn't you didn't have a problem. You just look right. You you fine. You don't have to look at somebody in the eyes the whole time and. You didn't seem you didn't seem embarrassed at all. I wasn't embarrassed. I don't remember exactly how I approached that, but it could you know it is something you have to approach with some kind of mentality, because you're either gonna ogle, right? Or you don't you're gonna be that creepy just, guy. But you know, I, you know, I'm, and it, this is a while ago, so I'm trying to remember. But I, my vague recollection was that without you know while maintaining eye contact, I was able to also ogle. At the same time, because <laughs> I you, have that because, it's just because there were there was so little clothing that any kind of peripheral vision picked up <laughs> so much. Well, you know, this is me when I see people that are wearing certain things, and this is another reason why I do the sweep. No matter who you are, it also gives me an opportunity to give a compliment if it if one can be found. So, like for example, talking about the shoes again, like. If there's a woman and, she, and it's obviously she has some nice shoes and she's probably taken a lot of time to pick them out for that particular outfit, I'll say, oh, those are really nice shoes. And you'd see the surprise and the smile that women will get when you compliment their shoes. But try it on a man. It doesn't doesn't work out the same. <laughs> They're like, thanks. <laughs> like, huh. What are you looking at my feet for? And if you are, you know, what's your problem? <laughs> Well, I, I guess I, I'm I'm different with that. People have complimented my shoes before, or we're talked about my shoes, and they're usually a little bit different because uh, I usually go a lot lighter than most people. Like when we're hiking, I use, I oh, wear right. low cut low cut Keens, which are not really designed for hiking. You know, thin sole, low cut, almost minimal shoes. But that's that's a whole nother story. Um, <laughs> I yeah, wear Birkenstocks. You, you little hippie! I never wear Birkenstocks. But I did today. Uh, yeah, today I don't know. I, I guess you. Well, you when, when I when you first got out of the car, you were hiding behind the door <laughs> for some reason. Uh, so I, di- I didn't see you like I did last week. Last week, you you know, you were coming at me in your blue, sh- uh, beautiful blue shirt, and your black pants and your professional shoes. Was and that last I, week? Yeah, I think so. And I think uh, <laughs> what was it? All right, I think I may have been a little bit. I probably look at people's shoes more than I admitted to. Yeah. Not that that's important. Well, so what was your first, the first new car that you bought? The first new car. Yeah. First new. Or, that I paid. Do you, 
Do you I buy, bought completely by myself. Do you buy new cars? The first automobile I ever bought, I actually was 11. Uh, what are you saying now? What now? So, um, I might have been almost 12, but I was right around that period. But what it was is I got my first job when I was nine years old. Hmm. And my dad showed me how to lie on an application of the age. <laughs> <laughs> and I told the company, it was called the Penny Saver, which is a little, for those of you who don't know, it's like a little magazine here in the Southwest. And they, they mail it to you and it's got coupons and at least one ridiculously unreadable article and a lot of ads. And, but in my day, that got delivered. You hung it on the door in a little plastic bag. And so... Shortly after I decided I want to make more money, it started working as a something that kids don't do anymore either now, which is deliver newspapers. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Which is a job I had for five years. But the thing was, is if you start at 10 and you have nothing to spend your money on, and I had a fairly big paper out, and then the kid quit shortly after I started, and I took his off. So I actually took over a new one plus another kid shortly after. I mean, I had a lot of cash. So my first vehicle, to answer your question, was I bought a motorcycle, brand oh. new, right off, of, right, right, went to the place uh, place that used to be downtown, and there were always motorcycles, and I saw them since I was a little kid, and I always wanted one of those dirt bikes, and I bought it. How much was it? You'd think I would know. I don't remember anymore. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> I was just so impressed that I had a a brand new motorcycle because um, I had a beat up little one my dad had got me, which was an MR50 Honda, which is really small, which I still have. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's great. Do you, you don't have the, uh, the motorcycle you bought, though, do you? No. no. I, that one I used and abused. Uh-huh. And uh, it was a KD80. Now I'm starting to remember what it was. It was a KD80, which is a Kawasaki. And uh, yeah, I ran to the, And then I outgrew it so quickly, too. Oh. That was another part. Oh, of it. so it was like little people bike? Very little. It was the MR50, just to let you know, that the Hondas that came out in the 80s. You see those little crazy little small dirt bikes they make now? I think I know, I may know which one you're talking about because the Hondas, there's a big following to them. And they have little wheels, but fat wheels. Right. So that the net ones they have now look like someone took a motorcycle and just pressed down right. on it. And right. it, they're it wider and... What they did with the MR50 and the Honda is they actually took a, a full-scale motorcycle and scale everything down equally small with the exception of the chain. Uh-huh. And so it just looked like a little teeny-weeny little to-scale motorcycle. Oh, okay. It was very odd-looking, but it's so cool, and I still have it. It just kind of sits in the backyard, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that was mine. <laughs> Does it run? Sometimes. Sometimes. Well, that's good that it can still run. Sometimes, even. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, that's the one thing I kind of miss about the 70s and 80s. It seemed like there were more quirky things back then. Like, Honda, at one point, was making a little motorcycle designed to fit in the back of their little car. Mm. Do you remember that? I don't remember I that. Think, but I think that's going to show up in the show notes. You were asking me what the first vehicle I was, probably because you're trying to figure out. I did say car. Okay, car you did say car so my first car i do also remember that i got a job working for the union as in the back of a warehouse picking up boxes all day and stacking them on pallets Mm -hmm. (laughs) it paid pretty good so my first car was a that i actually purchased with my own cash was a brand new f-150 wow i bet you still had that i i I bet you wish you still had that i don't know really 
I know, because, you know, it was funny you say that because I look back and think if I could send myself back like $15,000 to buy like a Tacoma, not oh. a Tacoma. And Is still that the have little it, one? you mean? You mean to still have it? Tacoma and the, what are the two Toyota trucks? There's the big one and the small, the Tundra's a big one. The Tacoma, you know, I was right. The Tacoma is a little one. Just a little one, like a five speed, regular cab, at least a five or six foot bed, something actually usable as a truck. But some of those, those, some of those cars get cool over time. I don't think the F fifties, F one fifties are that cool. I don't know. Yeah, I guess I don't know if the Tacoma is cool. It's just that you can't find you can't find trucks like that anymore. You can't find like little truck like a car with a flatbed on, not a yeah, flatbed, but a, a, without a, being totally destroyed. I did have a car so, before that that my dad actually gave me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I delivered newspapers in the morning, but I also worked for my dad after school you know, sweeping floors, or I should say mopping floors, cleaning toilets and all the other crazy stuff I used to do for him. But what was really great is he gave me a truck when I turned, mm. uh, I don't know, not 16, but shortly after 16, which was basically his old truck. Now that I do wish I still had. I tried to purchase one a couple months ago and I couldn't believe how expensive they were. So that truck was a 450 super cab, uh-huh. extra long bed, Two gas tanks, each <laughs> twenty-five gallons each. <laughs> but I wanted it because I miss a bench as a front seat. Oh well, that that's unique. <laughs> well, all the old trucks used to be benches, right? No, I meant it's unique that you miss that. Oh my god! Well, you, okay, so I used to love when you were driving your truck and your gal was next to you, and you could actually put your arm around her when you were driving. I used to love that. Well, if you had a Toyota Tercel, <laughs> this whole safety bucket what, seat thing has gotten way out of hand. <laughs> what year was that truck? 1978. Definitely 78. Yeah, that's the year uh, Star Wars came out. There you go. Anyway, I love that truck. I, I And I took it to California, which was a mistake for me because I couldn't afford the gas over there. Mm-hmm. And it was so huge, it was hard to find parking for it. And I will tell you, though, um, never... A scratch added to it because it was so huge and the bumper was so thick. If someone had hit it, I wouldn't have been able to see the scratch. They, you know, cars are made differently. We talked about this once before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, the car I got right after that was actually kind of cool too. I mean, between <laughs> the between the truck, but the new truck, I actually had gotten a '67 uh, Mustang coupe, powder yellow, mint, purchased from an old lady, and, and where she is was the original now? owner. That was a cool car. Where is that now? I thought that was a nice race car. So I ended up going way too fast, way too many times, and not taking good care of the car like I should have and just running it to the ground. It just kind of wore her out. And this is going to sound terrible, but it got to the point I couldn't afford to fix it anymore. And I literally left it on the side of the road and just walked away. <laughs> is that terrible? Boy, you know, we really should do a visual podcast so you guys can see <laughs> the look. That I am directing at Christopher right now. Yeah, he's right scowling now. at me. <laughs> Scowl. This is going to sound terrible. I don't think people do this. What's that? I have I'm walked sure away from many. What's that? You, you've walked away from many cars? I have walked away from many cars. I, I'll drive. It'll break down. And I'll look at it and I go, no. And do I just you, walk away. Do you know how many cars you've owned over the years? A you don't. You don't. Okay, that's crazy. A lot of cars. I go. I go through car. I love. I love driving cars. This and is so when funny. When they're done, they're done. And this is really funny. We are 
We are like from different planets. Well, I'm sometimes thinking, cool, someone's going to score, someone's probably going to steal a car, some tow company's going to, they're going to make out, you know. But to me, it's too much of a hassle. <laughs> Fixing it, towing it, only to be more frustrated. It's much easier for me to just walk away and buy a new car. You know, you could sell it to a junkyard. I had to do that once. I had um, borrowed my parents' old car. This was, it was over 10 years old at this point, which is actually a key feature to the story. Uh, and I was driving it for the summer when I was up in uh, at college. I was staying uh, at college over the summer to do some work. And it got stolen. And about six months later, uh, the police called me up and said, oh, by the way, we recovered your car. So I went and, and recovered my car from the, the pound. The, and the what lot. condition was it in? Uh, the outside was fine, except for the window that was still broken. Oh, that's not too bad. Uh, but the, the engine was completely shot. I mean, oh yeah, it looked like a smoke machine when I was driving this down the road. I mean, literally, it was just pouring smoke out of the back. They just drove it, drove it like crazy. I don't know how they do that. It was only a few thousand miles they put on it, but the car was in excellent working condition when they got it, when they, quote, got it. But uh, just a few thousand miles later, the the engine was completely shot, and it wasn't worth fixing. I, lit- the, I, I drove it to the mechanic. Uh, and and I had a couple of different people look at it, and then I drove it to the junkyard. That's almost exactly what happened to my nephew. His, his car got stolen. Finally, got it back. Looked about the same on the outside, but the engine was total. And I can tell you how to do that to an engine. It's not that hard. What you do is you take your car, or in this case, someone else stole a car, and you just go out to the desert. You go down empty roads. You put your gas all the way down. You do like donuts. I mean. I mean, just you pretend like you're in a race car movie, you know, and <laughs> I, I don't feel like I'm not sure that the person, well, maybe one of the people who owned it at some point between, you know, after it was taken from me and recovery, I don't know how many people it was passed around to, but, um, well, there was one upgrade to the car. The car came back with a much nicer stereo than it went away. They actually bought a stereo for it? They, oh, oh, they sure. stole a stereo. Oh, yeah, yeah no. Yeah, 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 yeah mm. of course. Yeah, all right, I missed one. that one, all right. <laughs> so, it, actually, we, we did, we did, we did uh, deconstruct it a little bit uh, when we got it. Um, at the time, I was working at a bike shop at the time. A couple of the guys from the shop also helped me take a look at it, and we figured out, you know, we looked at it. We tried fixing a couple of things that we could, little things, but it wasn't enough. The owner had a couple of kids so he took the stroller that was in the back seat uh one of my other friends i don't remember from the bike shop um took the stereo because he needed a stereo for his car i see and then we spent like an afternoon going through all the paperwork that had been just dropped in there and it's like oh falsified medical documents this is great we're not oh, they had left stuff in there in oh, the well car too. yeah the car was recovered like it oh, was like from somebody's house uh yeah from i think it was from like a quickie mart or something like that uh so uh, i didn't i didn't i I didn't get to talk to the police officer who covered it very much, but the story that I got was that uh, the police officer, oh, I, yeah, I need to finish the story, really, of how it got stolen. Um, <laughs> That's right. The police like officer the word story. <laughs> was suspicious of the car, so he ran the plates. The plates came up clean. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, but the, he wasn't satisfied with that, so he walked up to the car and, and ran the VIN, the vehicle oh, identification they match. number. No, they matched. But the VIN came up because I had reported stolen, so that's where it came, where his report came up that it was stolen. Here's the kicker: in Rhode Island, in I don't know if this is still the case, but at the time, if you had a car that was more than ten years old, you didn't need a, a, any bill of sale or anything to register it. You could just walk up and say, "I want to register this car, please," and they're supposed to run the VIN, but they never do. So it's open oh. season on cars over ten years old. You can basically walk up to a car. Break into now, it. Should you be broadcasting this out? Well, you know what? <laughs> it, it's it's uh, it's a warning to anybody who lives in Providence or Rhode Island, 
and a wake up call to their uh, their legislature. Get your shit together, people. Yeah. So the I mean the cop did his job. I think it was it was, it was admirable of him to actually you know, go go the extra mile to discover that no this isn't you his instincts are right. This well, was he must have realized. Car. I mean, if you, obviously you realize that it's open market for ten year old cars, the cop probably knows that too. Yeah, and that's why he did it in the first place. Well, that who knows what James. You didn't live here back in the early 90s, right? That is correct. They used to do this thing where they would, and this is late 80s too, they would take a desert area and just scrape it clean, like nothing. They still do this. Mm -hmm. But this is what they don't do anymore, is they used to lay all the roads, put all the lights in, and then it would just sit there with empty roads for six months to almost a year sometimes before they actually started selling and building houses. So being a teenager, you could go out to brand new roads with sidewalks and lights, go there at like 10, 11 o'clock at night and just have so much fun driving your car <laughs> around. There would be no police because why would a police monitor empty roads, right? And you could just really enjoy racing your car around with your friends and never worry about it really hitting anything because there's nothing really, I mean, I get you could hit a light pole, but. I don't know. You kind of have to be an idiot to hit a light pole in the middle of nowhere. Well, I still see that a little. It may not be the case anymore, but I, you know, after the uh, 2008 financial crisis, a lot of building here in Phoenix stopped. So oh, there right. were a couple of communities like that where you could go in, and there were, you know, the, the um, yeah, especially North Phoenix. I noticed that and Southwest. This is where I, I saw it in the Southwest. Really? Yeah. Like Mesa area or uh, where was that? Uh, no, it was on the west side, or is that the east side? I get confused. Sometimes. Well, everything's a cookie box planned community now so the first thing they build now is a gate <laughs> so you can't get in and then they put in the roads oh yeah i can't get around those gates wow yeah, I know, that's I know. gonna stop me uh, what are you gonna do yeah so the, the, there's the, coffee shops uh before we go any further and we and we I'd like to talk about coffee shops another day. I'd oh. like to know what's on our list for us to talk about today. <laughs> oh, well, let's, let's look at the follow-up, shall to, we? Uh, okay. When we were talking about, oh, That Girl, by the way, we talked about that the, the TV show, That Girl. Uh, as soon as I looked it up, I recognized it immediately. It wasn't a show that I regularly watched, but I remember watching it. And it was, it was kind of a quirky show, so it was kind of fun. Did you know at the time that is the reason Phil Donahue came up was because... She was married to Phil Yeah, Donahue? that's why I brought oh, okay. it up. Yeah, we were talking about because she was just absolutely beautiful. And we were talking about, I think we were talking about Wonder Woman. And I was thinking of other beautiful women that looked a little bit like Linda Carter. And I thought, oh, the girl from... That girl. That girl. And I just remember watching it as a kid. Reruns, of course, because that show's ancient. But thinking, it wasn't just uh, the way she looked. It was the way she, the way she moved, her smile... Um, and then she, you're going to hate me for saying this cause I'm like a broken record. She had really fabulous clothes. <laughs> I know it's so girly, but she, but they were like, they weren't like super sexy. Like, oh my God, sexy. But they, you know, they kind of style, a very feminine style that if you're a young boy, you know, your eyes open up pretty wide. <laughs> I mean, it's not Charlie Angel quality here. Uh, <laughs> sexy, but I'm just saying is she had a thing about her. And I remember one point I had read that she was married to Phil Donahue. And I remember thinking, every time I saw Phil Donahue <laughs> on the TV, I thought, oh, that's the guy who married that yeah, girl. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I, 
it was never that girl married Donahue. It was always uh, Donahue's guy. I, I lost on. that connection. So when I was doing a show, I was just like, what? wait a second. What? She married. It, was a bit, it came as a bit of a shock to me. And then I, and then I thought about, about it and said, oh, Christopher must have brought that up in connection. You know, it was, uh, if I remember right, that show had a male lead with blonde hair. Where do you see that? I haven't gotten the faintest clue. I just remember her. <laughs> yeah, of course. But uh, well, I had blonde, blonde hair. Well, do you see the connection there here? was. <laughs> You had blonde hair. Uh, yeah. yeah, there was another blonde, blonde hair male lead that I can recall. Have you seen Game of Thrones? Oh, uh, that's true. Have you seen Game of Thrones? Yeah. So course. you know who I'm talking about. Well, long hair. Oh, it wasn't long hair. He was blonde, though. Okay, so I should say something about blonde He's hair. He's not a nice you guy. You can be a lead in a movie if and, and have blonde hair. You can <laughs> be a lead in a movie with blonde hair if it's long. Conan, I mean, he kind of had that. Dirty he didn't blonde have thing blonde going on. What? He, he? No, it's dark brown. He's brown. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> Thor, there. Thor. He had kind of. Oh, he's terrible. Too and old. it was clearly dyed or bleached or something. It didn't yeah, look right. But generally speaking, you're. Am I right and or they, am I wrong? They tried blonde to do that. Blonde hair is not a thing. They. That's not man stuff. I think it's less common, but you know, blonde. Well, there are a lot of blonde women who aren't really blonde. Yeah, that's true too. Well, I'm just talking about male leads. You know, but, I guess I'm just not interested in this topic. <laughs> Well, anyways, if you're a young kid and you have blonde hair and you see a gal, they're like, oh, wow. And she's got a boyfriend with blonde hair. You're like, uh-huh. You're weird. <laughs> you're projecting. You're trying to put yourself in that position just because he's course. got bl- Don't all boys? I mean, when you're a boy and you see a girl, you're like, I could see myself being with her. And it's like never a chance. It's like 20 years older than you, but, you know, whatever. You're like, yeah, Doctor Dr. Quinn, medicine woman. Uh, so she's like exactly 20 years older than me, I think, because I, I think I looked at, a, I, I just was looking. Yeah. I think she's exactly, it's, she's very pretty. <laughs> I'm babbling now because I'm thinking of beautiful women. Thank you, Christopher. <laughs> okay. But you're right. Uh, uh, am I wrong saying that young boys, when they see like something on TV, they think, ah, oh, that could be me. If I do, if I play my game right. That could be me. It, you know, I, like, I, I, don't, I don't need uh, to see someone like me with a woman, though. It's just if, you know, I can project without having uh, without having a stand-in in there for me. Does that make sense? I suppose. In fact, I, it might even help if I see some nitwit, blonde-headed guy with some woman. It's like, I, she can do better than that with me. Right. And I think Brad Pitt through the years has had blonde blonde hair at at some points. I don't know. I don't know if he's blonde oh, or yeah, what. You're but right. and Brad he's short, Pitt is lead role, so. of course, and he has had lots of leads. Right? Okay. All right. You, you got a there. few. All right. So Brad Pitt is he, maybe he's the exception. Well, like I said, I don't I don't have a catalog memory of all the blonde haired guys. I, just, <laughs> I couldn't care less. <laughs> Who does? I mean, you know, as far as projecting myself into these roles. It's you know, when you're doing fantasy role playing and stuff like that as a child, you know, I, I don't it never stopped me thinking about different characters that I wanted to be because of their physical attributes were different from mine. So I had this friend in high school. I, I'm still friends with him. Him and I used to go out and we would do stuff. And I noticed he would try different things. So like when I first met him, he was just a regular kid like me. But shortly after, he went into this whole punk rock scene mm. And he was wearing all the punk rock clothes. <laughs> I helped shave his head and we gave him a mohawk one time. And then uh, he got out of high school and he decided, no, I'm, I am heavy metal, glam rock dude, right? So then he started playing bass. This is back when we used to play music together. So he not just was playing bass, but I mean, he was like trying to get in other bands and was going all over Hollywood. And he was doing that whole scene. 
And then all of a sudden he shaves his head off and he's like, I'm going to go to business school. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, okay. And he's wearing suits. He got a job working for a plastics company. Um, And he gets to ASU. He moves back to Phoenix. He's in the ASU business program. And then um, he moves back to California. And then all of a sudden he shows up with this like almost dreadlock hair one day. (laughs) He's all... I am going to learn how to be, I don't know how you'd say it, metaphysical? Shaman or something? Yeah, well, now he is a well-known guru in India guru. and writes for all kinds of articles for people all over the world. And people come and, vi- I mean, he's just always going through these transformations that are, they seem unrelated to me. Mm. Well, that's, you know, that is interesting because there are people who do that, that just transform themselves. I mean, Bowie was like that. David Bowie was that's like true. that. That's true. Uh, but I but always think it was to get chicks. <laughs> it it could well be. Um and you know, why not? Uh <laughs> I always felt it was for that. You know There you know, there's a whole cohort of of hippies that went to Wall Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Believe me. I, I know. You know. <laughs> I grew up in a hippie family and then when I moved away I came back to a yuppie family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my my parents made a total transformation. Oh, that's only one their whole life, but that was that was it. Oh, I do have a question for you if you're done with the hippies and stuff. Yeah, so sorry. The weird, the weird people thing. <laughs> what do you got? Uh, I was just wondering, is that uh, toilet seat still broken? I don't know. Oh, I'm not, come on. I, I'm not going back to the museum. Why not? I, well, the thing is. Are you, are you embarrassed now because you broke the toilet seat? I like to help out people with certain situations. They're doing okay, so there's no need okay. for me to go back there anymore. I mean, they're not open right now because everybody's shutting things down again. And, and they're only open. I, I shouldn't say they're closed down. They're only open on Thursday, Fridays, and Saturdays, I think. But for the most part, they're doing okay now. So they don't need me. If you say so. I think I'm we, not volunteering. I think we all need you, Christopher. <laughs> uh, and oh, just a little more follow-up. Oh, actually, there are a couple, just two more follow-ups from last week. I, I mentioned Trump Loy at the end. Right. Which is fake painting. It's like if you uh, go into uh, some robber baron's house and you see the wall looks like it's marble and you get close up to it, it's not actually marble. Or if there's... I, I said it's not called faux and you said no. You oh, said no, no. It, faux is... Well, it, it's kind of like part of it. Okay. It's faux. So, so do tell. Well, it's not, it's not spelled at all like Trump. It's actually... Or yeah, the former president. Uh, T-R-O-M-P-E. Well, he's still president for a couple more yeah, weeks. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> suck on that um so yeah but it is it's i think it's still completely applicable to him okay totally facade <laughs> well, did we talk about why i think he's popular and i finally th- figured out why i think he uh was, was successful i want to hear right now okay why you think trump now you said the word successful so you're saying he's successful is that what we're hearing is that yes. what i'm hearing here oh yeah, yeah I, I think this i mean he did get elected in, as president in some ways he is successful but not in the ways people attribute to him like he, in business he's a he's a disaster he's an utter disaster i don't think there's been a, a hotel he's owned that hasn't gone bankrupt <laughs> and i'm not making that's like genuine and 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 the one in dc was on its way to bankruptcy until he became president, became president and people started you know basically staying there so he could by influence with the president who was still making money off of the hotel, which is illegal, but you know, that's a whole nother story. Well, before we get into that, I don't, you know, you, see, you, you got me off on hotels. a tangent. When a business goes under bankruptcy, but the person that started it is living a certain lifestyle, there's got to be something to that because there are plenty of people that inherited large sums of money. Like Trump? 
<clears throat> like Trump, excuse me, which you. wasn't that much compared to it was his huge. peers. He 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 in, not only inherited a huge amount of money. I think it was only his hundreds ahead. of millions of dollars. His father gave him money all through his life. Uh, at the age of three, he was on the payroll for like two hundred thousand dollars a year. Really, I yes. don't think I knew that, that was one of the ways that the Trumps um, uh, defrauded the 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 gov- the the tax system. Um, because they, they trans they transferred money between themselves, uh, basically through quote salaries, and they're still doing it. You know, Ivanka, I can't remember how much she made. She had hundreds of thousands of dollars for consulting fees on like the uh, what was the inauguration? I think. Oh, there's all kinds of stuff. Um, I grew up in family business, so I know things. Oh yeah, there's a certain that. way. So believe me, I understand how that all works. And, but my my point is is that there are plenty of people that inherited sums of money that don't have it anymore. Mm-hmm. And he may have had businesses that came and went or whatever. He's still living a certain lifestyle. And that that can't be accomplished by a dummy. Well, let's see in five years if he's still got that lifestyle. On record, having a lot of debt. And there's a lot of debt that's still in question. Now, debt is obviously part of business. And this is one of the things that, as a former Republican, I understood that you always want... Running a deficit makes sense. And having a, a reasonable debt also makes sense. It basically, you're borrowing money from the future to it's improve It's like when people buy a house. Now. Yeah, exactly. Why save for 30 years only to live except a couple, that, 10 more years? Except it. that when you're you're borrowing money as a U.S. government, it's it's a lot. You, get, you generally get much better terms. And the economy yeah. is always growing. So the debt you're taking on now becomes much smaller in the past, assuming you don't grow the debt exponentially like the past three presidents we've had have done. All right, I want to hear why Trump is okay. successful. By oh, I just one more note on the Trump thing. Not only did he inherit just a pile of money, he also, more importantly, inherited the Trump Organization, and that I think is is the real the real underpinning of whatever current wealth and success he has. And the he, Trump Organization still exists. Yes. Yeah, of course it does. That's and that's that's really. I mean, if you give if you gave him the option of inheriting the the Trump Organization or three hundred million dollars, I'd take the Trump Organization as it was when when uh, Trump. So you're died. saying he's only successful because he inherited money, and he has the Trump Organization. And he's yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's those are the two things. He, I guess what your measure of what is success. And then well, the, the success his success is a different. His success is understanding media. I think he understands media as well, if not better than any other person alive. And by media, like um, American news medium. So that's so, like basically so, but that, marketing. This, this is though, right? really getting off. Yes, <laughs> okay, this is sorry, really getting off the track. Trump's political success. The left looks at the left side of the political spectrum, looks at it and says, 50% of the country is racist and they voted for him because he's racist and they're racist. I can't accept that because no, I've, I don't been, accept that either. I've been ridiculous. around the country. I know people who have voted for Trump who are not racist. So I know this is a false start. Sure, sure. He probably got 100% of the races vote, and that probably accounts for 100,000 people. I don't know. Whatever. But let's put that aside for a second. I think the real difference is that there's rural... Because if you look at the electoral map, the divide is so blatant. It's so obvious. It's every rural area voted for Trump. Every city voted for Biden. And I think the difference there, the divide there, is the way people hear things and what they know of the world and how they understand the world and how many different kinds of people they know. So when a rural American listens to Trump, I think they hear a very different message from when a an urbanite listens to Trump. If you're in a suburban area, not a suburban area, if you're in a rural area, you probably don't know a lot of foreigners. Uh, so when he says things like Mexicans are rapists, a rural person 
probably filters that into more of like, well, you know, there are bad people from other countries and we don't want them. So that makes sense to them. But if you're in an urban area, you hear that very differently. You hear foreigners are bad. We want to keep them all out. And that seems xenophobic at the very least, if not downright racist. So I think we hear the filters that we have allow us to hear Trump differently. So I, I think you can be a Trump. <laughs> I'm pretty sure when I say I think I'm like 98 <laughs> percent sure <laughs> okay. of this now that you can be a Trump supporter and not be a racist. Well, yeah. So well, the thing is, is that. But it took me a long time to come to they that won't realization. They will let go of the racist thing. Nobody will. Because I started listening. I tried to listen to him with a different kind of mindset. And he's what he says can be in a lot of his speeches is very positive if you can filter the what he's saying just a little bit differently. See, in my experience, I, I have met a lot of racist people and they're all dead now. <laughs> so <laughs> I've met when a few. people say we live in a racist country, I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> because yeah, well, to prove my point that we do not live in a racist country, you can go to racist countries and see how the situation is completely different. So once I was in Egypt and I was with a two Moroccans, um, a guy from Sudan, uh, a German, myself being American, right? And there was somebody else there that was kind of in the background and I have no idea where they were from. It didn't come up in the conversation, but we were all talking about how our country, oh, of course, and there was somebody there from Egypt because we were in Egypt. And I thought it was pretty interesting how the the Moroccan guy and the Egyptian guy saw the world completely different from the Sudani guy. For one thing, I'm going to describe the Sudani guy for you too. He had Afro hair, pretty short, you know, with the with the the very tight, tight, tight curls. Tight curls. Um, he looked like a typical African or Black American guy. And he had the dark, you know, brown eyes and, um, you know, the skin being different colors on different parts of his body. And he, they, he's the one that brought up race. And I'm like, because I thought we were talking about national, you know, we were having a pretty big discussion about how national opinions are different and whatnot. Anyway, so he brought up the whole race thing and that he's not a black man. And I said, okay. I said, you're, you're not a black man. He says, no, I'm like you. And I'm, I'm thinking, okay, uh, why is that? <laughs> Cause I know I had back then I had, as you, what do you say? Oh, golden God hair. <laughs> yes. And my eyes are kind of a greeny color. Yeah. Uh, they're not, they're not a good solid brown like mine. Yeah. So mine are, yeah. <laughs> so deep, anyways, earthy, deep earthy, trustworthy brown eyes over here. Right. And he says he's like me. And I'm like, okay, fair enough. Okay, why? And he says, so he takes his shirt off. I mean, it's just all guys. He takes his shirt off and he says, see, I'm two different colors. And I go, what's that? I don't get it. I just, I totally didn't get it. And he goes, a black man is the same color whether the sun touches him or not. If you take shirt off, it's, and that's how they divided wow. race there. Yeah. And so I, now when I watch the news and I hear about the things that go on in that part of the world, I'm wondering if they take their shirts off and like, okay, this is a black man. This is not a black man. This guy's going to get shot. This guy's not, I mean, they're literally going to take your shirt off your own back and decide whether you're a certain, whether, you know, it's just crazy. In this country, no one even cares about that crap. I mean, generally speaking, if you're, if you're some kind of a uh, minority in this country, 
I honestly feel people don't care. Nobody cares. And well, now that's it, a there's racist a, There's thing. a bigger Not bucket. Caring. There's a bigger bucket for, quote, black people, right? I mean, because if you're even a little black, you're black. Well, I honestly felt... After meeting my sedan man, Obama was not a black man. Well, he's half, but he's still <laughs> black. A, See, why? That, but because why? I, here, here's, here's, he was raised in a white family. Right. He went to white schools for the most part. Um, he he talks like most <laughs> of, I mean, his language. He talks like a professor. He talks like a professor. But how is that? How is he any more black or less black than I am? So the, where <laughs> so I draw like, the line is this. If you can walk through the... A, Pick a deep south, southern state. If you can walk through that town without being harassed, then you're white. If you, can, if you can't walk through that town without being harassed or having some kind of disparity made about you or having some kind of prejudice lobbed at you, then that's, that's the dividing line. It's how you're treated in places that are very um, race sensitive, let's say. Okay. And so let's just say... A place like not all the South. I've been all over the South, and it's not like that everywhere. No, I know. I've been in the right. South too. They, even today, people will make certain uh, judgments on you based. That's another thing. Being raised in this in the West, mm-hmm. you just don't see the things that the people might see if they're raised in the right, South. Right. So I can see how people from the South can say there's still racism alive. I don't think it's alive like it was even like 20 years ago, but. But it works both ways also. So uh, I've had a lot of problems being in black neighborhoods on the East Coast. And and even when I entered into Compton, which is in California, for those of you that don't know that, being a white guy in that black neighborhood, let me just tell you, the first time you go in, people start looking at you till they know who you are. Mm-hmm. And so is that a form of racism? Maybe, well, but I, I didn't yes. care. I would say yes, but then by today's standards, no, because they say that you can't be, you know, you. You can't be white. If it's white, if you're if you're discriminating against a white person, that that's not racism, right? Some yeah, and that part it. I don't get. Yeah. So that's the ra- I well, think the only I reason cons- I brought up all of that is because you talked about how people from the city mostly don't know people outside rural. I was talking about the rural area, right? So an urban person is probably knows more foreigners, right? Mm-hmm. That's my supposition. I and I, I I agree with you that, but on the other hand. I've met lots of people in cities that know lots of foreigners, but have never been outside the country. Have yeah. no idea how it really works. I like people like well, give me their opinions on like socialist countries. I'm like, have you ever been to one? Like, yeah. no. I'm like, I have, and you're way off base. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. That 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 gets to a, di- a, d- a deeper problem with our society and and how uneducated the entire mass of it is, regardless of what area you're in. You can't blame the education because. So let's just say, for example, you are in another country. It works the opposite way, too. The way people see Americans and the rest of the world is so bizarre to me. For one thing, we are a huge continent, and there is three countries on this continent. And somehow, people treat Americans as if we're all one huge culture. And it changes. Like, I would say this country, for the most part, the culture changes almost every Six to seven hundred miles. I I never really thought on the, the miles, but we changes, we certainly have different the regions. Attitude changes. If you're talking about color of skin, the color of skin changes for the most part. Um, uh, what people do for recreation, the church they go to or not a church, you know, um, it's so different. And I hear people go, "Well, Americans do, you know, you Americans, blah blah blah." Like if I'm <laughs> another country, and I'm like, 
okay, what part of the country are you talking about? Yeah. And they're like, well, everywhere. I'm like, really everywhere I go. And then I'll bring their little teeny weeny little country on <laughs> the map. And I go, is that how it is in this? Like, let's just take France. So you'll talk to a Parisian guy and he'll have a different attitude about everything opposed to a guy who lives on the Mediterranean. Plus he'll be a jerk, the Parisian. Uh, <laughs> whereas that's not true. With you there, though. Have you been outside of Paris though? Oh yeah. And are yeah. they jerks outside of Paris? No. 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 And, and the thing is about Paris though. Damn Parisians. I went there recently and let me tell you, they are much nicer people in, really? in this. I think you. it's like anything else. Once you get your money crushed, you know, once the squeeze is on and you're like, I can't afford to be a jerk anymore at the cafes because I'm going to lose business. I, last time I went, I went to a couple cafes and they knew I was American. They were pretty darn nice to me. Okay. Well, they love it. You know the <laughs> color that I think really, I personally don't mind having a prejudice against and that's the color green. If, if someone is working their rear off and they earn a good amount of money and they want to spend it, you should be nice to them so that you can also earn that green dollar. Yeah. I'm not saying the green dollar is the end all. I mean, there's spirituality and there's there's faith and there's family and there's all these other types of success. Yeah, but you can't get to India to get that spirituality unless you pay for the plane ticket. That's true. That's a joke. That's true. No, but you know. You can do that here on, you know, on an app. Uh, so anyway, the other point about Trump. Sorry. <laughs> and I don't, th- I don't think I really made that el- eloquently, but you know, I I try to take people at their word, and he says he's not a racist. Now, it is hard to square with some of the the things he said, but I think generally, at least he thinks he's not a racist, and that goes a long way. Uh, he he may have some biases, some subconscious biases that he needs to work on. Maybe I don't know one or the other, but he's not an open, blatant racist like some people are. That's important. If you, I think you know, he's just the, a guy, he'll you know, say anything. He will to make the green dollar keep flowing, whether it's for his own personal gain or the country's gain. Yeah, I wonder if that's secondary though. I think he pe- wants people to like him. But don't we all? No, I mean I don't. don't dis- I don't dislike him as a person. <laughs> I mean most of us. But like I think his policies like and the way he conducts his life is pretty, pretty, pretty dumb. Yeah, I wouldn't agree with that. That's not my. You know, obviously, I wouldn't live like he does. Um, nor would I have an opportunity to. <laughs> oh, you never know. We could talk about something a little bit um, more upbeat. Yeah. Hobbits. You brought up hobbits and I, meals and how many times a day you Yeah, you because eat. I used to eat a lot of meals, full meals. And as usual, movies have ruined everything. Um, it used to be the canonical number of meals that the hobbits would eat was six a day. And then the films uh, added a seventh. Okay, so, so I want to hear what they are if you know. Oh, I got them. I wrote them down for you. All right, let's hear them. Breakfast. There's second breakfast, which I think you were right about. Yes. And it sounds wonderful when you I start thinking about breakfast. it. Yeah. That's my favorite. There's eleveness. I guess that's like a between. Oh right, right. Oh, is that like the equivalent like the British have with the tea time? No, that comes out. That comes later. Oh. Then there's luncheon, which is lunch. Uh, afternoon tea, which would be that. Uh. Uh, dinner and then supper. Oh, the supper is the one that was added by the in the in the in the movie. So that's not really real. All right. So run down the ones that are just from the book. Breakfast, second breakfast, eleveness, luncheon, afternoon tea, and dinner. I like that. Yeah, that was basically me through my teens and almost all my 20s. And then I started getting down to four, definitely. So you're just a very tall hobbit? Perhaps. Let me see your feet. And I never, I know that the, the you, whole tea thing, I love an afternoon snack. I, I love it. So you eat dinner. It's like you're going to get off work at five o'clock or close, probably 530. And you're like, I, you know, I could use a little snack. And, it, and for a while it used to be, for me, 
you used to be able to buy these huge, giant Snicker bars. Oh, my God. But they give me heartburn. I just don't and understand. And I eat them anyways. I, honestly, <laughs> I don't know what is wrong with me, but I just don't understand candy. Oh, I love candy. I think it's disgusting. I mean, I cannot, like a Snickers bar or... The only thing I can I can stomach is the, uh, what is that, the... the Chocolate and the and the peanut butter Reese's oh, the Reese's, Reese's, Reese's peanut butter cups. Uh, those are pretty good. Yeah, they could be better if they were made with better chocolate and better peanut butter. Which I've had those and they were much better. But I've even had so, homemade ones before with real peanut butter, like you know, like you'd buy or you'd like an organic. Yeah, just peanut even butter. regular peanut butter. Delicious. Yeah, they are so much better. But I just, I just cannot. I, I, I know most of the people I know eat candy, and I'm like, I, I don't understand why they do that. Just get grab a handful of nuts. Well, this is the time of year: fall, winter, candy starts coming out. I'm not, I will not eat candy. Like I, I shouldn't say that I eat chocolate almost every day. That's not candy though. Well, it can be. I eat chocolate as well. I eat dark chocolate, 70 to 72% dark chocolate. And I don't think that's not chocolate. I mean, that's not chocolate's not candy. Well, Hershey's is candy because it's awful and it's mostly sugar (laughs) and it's like, well, chocolate doesn't count as candy. I don't eat candy. Okay. There you go. Well, I do think there's a there's a dividing line though because there is oversweetened under chocolate chocolate and then there's the you know the bitter quote the bittersweet stuff which is a higher percent of chocolate and actually tastes like something like actual chocolate instead you probably of just love being that European chocolate. That's how I discovered I like chocolate. I didn't realize I liked chocolate until I was well into my 20s. What about Ghirardelli's the, the San Francisco chocolate? I, you know, most of the dark chocolates I like, like I said, seventy to seventy-two percent. You know, once you eat, there are eighties and ninety percent chocolates, right, but more, they're crazy. More. What about Hershey's dark chocolate? Not special, not special even, dark chocolate. It it's, starts to get to the outside of acceptability, but it's not any good. Okay, my dad and I used to fight over those dark <laughs> chocolates, but uh, well, if that's the only thing you've got, then I would definitely fight for that as well. Compared, you know, if you've got regular Hershey versus <laughs> yeah. Hershey dark, well, the other ones taste like wax, chocolate flavored wax. It, they they taste taste much worse to me than wax. I literally I cannot eat a regular Hershey's bar. <laughs> really? I really can't. How about on a schmore? Oh no, I I can't stand schmores <laughs> because you know that's the other thing I can't stand is cotton uh, not cotton can- well cotton candy is another thing but uh, marshmallows. I do not understand marshmallows or cotton candy. Uh, I do not understand these things. Okay, I they love make, chocolate. They make no sense so to me. So when I travel around the country, doing whatever I happen to be doing. Once in a while, I'll come across a place where it says, you know, homemade chocolate or we make our chocolate, you know, whatever. Uh, When I used to live in uh, West Lafayette in Indiana, I used to go back and forth between Indianapolis just to do stuff on the weekend. And there was a place, I think it was near Lebanon, which is a city near, near there. Anyways, there was a homemade chocolate place there and I used to stop when I could and grab some and it was delicious mm. and then uh, another great place that just sticks out in my head a lot of homemade chocolate i found up in maine i'd be like going to some small little town and there'd be some lady or usually a lady oh homemade uh, yeah homemade okay. chocolate and one of them i went to i wish i could remember the name because i'd blast it out but she invited us down in her basement and showed us how she made the chocolate huh. it was awesome i bought an extra box because of it yeah. she knew that yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't tell you. I mean, it's so interesting. Homemade stuff or, or you know, locally made stuff is, yeah. is usually so much better. And I think part of it is just because it's different, but also because it's Well, you not, might have something to the different part. Yeah. yeah. I mean. It's just something fresh, right? You want something well, it, different. Well, there's the freshness. That's, it's one component. Then it's different from anything else you've had. So it's, it's new unique. and unique. I guess the word is unique. It's like there's McDonald's and you can get that everywhere. 
And it's, there's a nice kind of comfort to that. And they're very good at what they do. But there are a lot of different hamburgers out there. It's good that McDonald's is in that mix, but don't forget about the other ones because a lot of them, most of them are way better <laughs> and it, different. All right. Well, my uh, coffee's been gone that. for a few minutes That's now. That's terrible. So. All right. Hey, um, before we go, Thanksgiving is very soon. And I just want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Oh, thank you. Same to you. And uh, are we still meeting the week after? Uh, why not? All right. There'll be still, we Again, the list. <laughs> Got to get through it. We must maintain the list. We must. <laughs> oh, God, it's so long. Here, here's one party note. Get, this is something that came up. I, I found in the research a long time ago, but it just sounds so funny. Alcohol-based fluid for office machines. That could be read a lot of different ways. Alcohol-based <laughs> fluid for office machines. I don't even know what to make of that. Think about that until next week. I'm going to be thinking about chocolate and alcohol. And alcohol. All right, thanks, man. Yes. Here's a cup. Yes. A very large cup. Yes. In my hand. Yes. A large cup. Hot. Warm. Oh. Cup. It's not tea. And it must be dark, dark brown. Oh, it's made from pink. Hot brown. Hot.